Luke chapter 6, 33. This is a theme verse of our 21 days of prayer in this series. It says this, but seek first his kingdom, his kingdom being God, and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. And then we're going to fast forward to James chapter 1, verse 22. It says this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says, it is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he or she looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. They will be blessed in what they do. This morning, I want to talk to you, if you're taking notes, from the simple subject Bugs and branches. Bugs and branches. And I also want to reiterate the fact this is the first Sunday back in 2023. So I think that there's something about setting the bar for the remaining Sundays of 2023. So I, I encourage you all to just lean in, engage. Uh, we're not a quiet church. We think a quiet church is a dead church. So if there's something that resonates in your heart and your spirit, you can say amen. You can say preach. You, if it's really good, you can be like, mmm. Right? <laughs> so it's choose your own adventure here at Discovery. But I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump into it. So Father, we love you. God, we thank you so much for this opportunity that we have to to just gather together. Lord, we thank you um, for this rain. Apparently, we need it. Uh, I don't know if we need it at all at the same time, but, you know, God, you know what you're doing, and so we just trust you. God, we love you so much. I pray uh, that this remaining moments that we have together, God, that it would, uh, it would, it would go deep into our heart. God, we want to leave here changed. We want to leave here better but not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. So, God, we love you so much. We thank you in Jesus' name. Come on, everyone, say amen. amen. Cheers. So, um, <clears throat> my kids, my oldest is right here in the front row. Hi, buddy. My kids are picky eaters. They are. And I think that this is just a thing that kids do. They're just picky. They, they don't like to eat, like, really good things. But they like eating plain things, you know? And so my kids, my kids are picky. And, uh, and uh, for the longest time, now, you just can't judge me, okay? But for the longest time when it came to dinner, like, they treated me like a restaurant. They, they would say, Dad, I want this. And then one other kid would say, Dad, I want this. And then my youngest would say, Dad, I want this. And so it would, like, it would, for a while, every night, I was cooking three to four different meals. And, uh, and, and I was doing it and I, until I realized, like, this is not, like, who am I? Like, am I their dad or am I Papa John's? Come on, you know, like, I'm like, and, and so I, we, my wife and I, we had this discussion. We're like, hey, babe, like, we, I can't do this anymore. Like, I feel like I'm being used, okay? And, uh, and so we came to this conclusion, my wife and I, that, that I was going to make one meal, and my kids, whether they liked it or not, they were going to have to eat it. Come on, parents. And uh, that was a lot of excitement there. And so... 
And, and so, so, so we, we started implementing this. And we told our kids, we said, we said, hey, I'm only making one meal. And if you like it, praise God. If you don't like it, too bad. And I said, you, you got to eat whatever, whatever, whatever I'm, I'm serving, you, you got to eat it. And so, like, I mean, at first it was like button heads, man. They're like, I don't want to eat this. You don't have to eat it. But I'm hungry. Then you'll eat it. But I don't want, like, for weeks, they were just like, I don't want to eat it. And until finally they understood that whatever was being served, they had one of two options. They can eat it or they can starve. And so once they begun to understand that, my oldest, he's good because he, he tries everything now. But like my, my, my two youngest, like they were like, they're sitting at the table and they're looking at me just like, like they want to kill me. <laughs> right? Like they were so mad. But they understood that, hey, if, if I don't eat it, I'm going to be hungry. And, and what happened in this time period is I believe they begin to see food differently. All of a sudden, I think they begin to see food less of a luxury but more as a necessity. They, they began to see the meals that was, that was set before them not as something of, a, of oh, like, I, I get to eat this, but, like, man, I better eat this, otherwise I'm going to be hungry. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I think the Word of God is similar in that way. Let, let me put it this way. I think when it comes to the Word of God, your, your Bible, the, the, the Word... I think that, that the way that we perceive the word will determine how we receive the word. And so how I see the word of God will determine how I approach the word of God. And, and so, um, so, so when it comes to the word, like I can't see the word as a luxury, but I got to see it as a necessity. I have to change the way that I see the word. Now, this is what we're going to be talking about today. But before I go any further, I think it would be wise for me to set this foundation of what I'm referring to when I say the word of God. And so I think the best way to build this foundation is based off of what the Apostle John writes in John chapter 1 and verse 1. I believe we have that verse up. And he says this. He writes this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We fast forward to verse 14, and it says this, that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so the very foundation of the Word that I want us to build on is the idea of what John is, is, is writing in John chapter 1, that the word, logos, that's the Greek word, that the word is, ready, drumroll, Jesus. The, the word is Jesus. And so, yes, the word is a book that, that is, that, that with pages of writings on it, but it's so much more than just that. The word is so much more than just pages of writing, but it's also the message that's behind it. 
It, it's, it's, also, it's also what, what, what it is. It's, the word is so much more than some archaic ancient text, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says that the word of God is God-breathed. That it's useful for correcting and instruction and teaching and conviction. The, the book of Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 says that the word of God is alive and active. That it's sharper than any two-edged sword. That it cuts deep to the thought in the heart of man. Friends, we don't read the Bible. The Bible reads us. And this word, it's, it's so much more than just what we read, but it's the experience and the encounter that Jesus himself wants to have with you and with me. That's the word. That's the word of God. And until I see it the right way, I'm always going to approach it the wrong way. So, because how I perceive it will determine how I receive it. And in order to be affected by the word, it comes down to how we consume the word. So if you and I, if we want to be affected in a good way by the word, by the word that the, the text, but also the message and the spirit behind it, if we want to be affected by that, we have to learn to consume the word. See, but unfortunately, a lot of us, we'll just say the people, unfortunately, the people online, they... <laughs> They are not here. They can't be mad at me. <laughs> we, we, they approach the word like this bag of chips right here. Like we see this, we, we see this and we're like, yeah, party size. Come on, Jesus parties, you know, like, mmm, salt and vinegar. Great taste. And it's natural. That's amazing, natural. And then, and then, so like this is, we, we treat the word like, like this, and we, and we turn it, and we're like nutrition facts. Woo, only 140 calories, that's not bad. Well, it's only like five chips, though. <laughs> kind of sucks. Hmm. Oh, but there's protein, come on, meatheads. And then sometimes, sometimes it's like, and, and there's, Maltodextrin. I don't even know what that is. And we're like, man, it's a maltodextrin. But it's a party size. That's amazing. And then we leave it right there. But if we want to be affected by the word, we got to consume the word. And so as much as this is cool right here and as, as big as this bag is and as great as or not as great as nutrition facts are, guess what? This bag of chips does not affect me until I open it up. But not just open it up because some of us, we open it up. 
But this bag of chips doesn't affect me until when? I consume it. By flour. The world's wrong. Like, this doesn't affect me until I consume it. Friends, the same is true with the Word of God. It doesn't affect me until I consume it. In fact, Jeremiah says in Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 16, I think we have that. He says, your words were found, and what? And I hate them. I consumed them. Your words were found, and I digested them. I consumed them. I ate them. And what this verse tells me, it tells me two things. It tells me that I got to find it, but I also got to eat it, which means if I am not intentional, I can find the word and yet never consume the word. I can find the word, but never allow it to penetrate my heart. I could read the word, but never allow it to affect my actions. I can read the word, but never let it affect, affect the way that I think. And friends, this is exactly what James is writing in the verse that we read at the very beginning. Where he said, be, don't just be hearers. Don't just, don't just be, don't just find it. He said, but be doers of the word. Don't just be hearers, but be doers of the word. And it's my heart in 2023 as we're building this series the things that I want us as a church to be desperate about. I want us to be a church that is desperate about praying. Not just when we're desperate, but in all times. We're desperately pursuing God. But I also want us to be des people that are desperate for the word. Desperate for, the, for, for not just finding it, but eating it, consuming it. Not just being a hearer, but a doer. And so that leads me back to my opening statement. How you see the word determines how you receive the word, how you approach the word. And so I was thinking uh, when, when I was um, praying and putting this message together, um, I think there's four ways. There's probably more ways, right? But I think for, for, for today, there's four ways that I think every single person in here online, we approach the word. And, and I do want to say, like, as we go through these, don't be discouraged, ladies and gentlemen. It's to encourage you. I work better when I understand where I'm at and where I need to go. And so hopefully this helps you to identify, like, hey, I'm like this. I, I need to move more this way. And so four, four different ways that we approach um, the Word of God. And, um, and these all have to do with food. We're, we're kind of on this food-consuming thing, right? And so, yeah, during my fast, yeah. So, uh, what are we talking about? Thank you, Lord Lockerbie. <laughs> four ways, four ways, four ways. So, uh, four ways that, that we approach the word. And, um, and, and so, so, the first one is this. The first way that we approach the word is um, there's some, some in here, like, you just, like, don't have an appetite for it. So I would call this the no-appetite approach. Clever, right? 
the no appetite approach. And so you, if this is you, you're like, hey, this is cool. Like, I'll, like I'll come hang out on a Sunday. Um, but I'm probably, you know, to be honest, like, I don't know what monodextrin is. You know, like, you, you read the word and you're like, I have no idea what this means. So, like, I'll just trust you, preacher man, whatever you say. And, um, and, and you're like, I have no desire at all to, to open up, open up my, my, the, the word. I do want to say, if that's you, we actually built this church for you in mind. 100% legitimate. We built this church for people who know nothing about Jesus, but have a little desire to say, I wonder what this is all about. And so if you're here this morning and you're like, man, I have like no desire to, to, to I have no appetite for the word to consume it, well, you came to the right place this morning. Now for everyone else, the second one, so we have a no appetite approach. The second one, the second approach is the buffet approach. How many of y'all love buffets? Mm, my daddy, he, uh, he took us, like he, we grew up and like, he took us to this, like, this Chinese, but I thought buffets were normal. I thought everybody did buffets. Most people are like, buffets are gross. But, like, I grew up, and he took us to, like, this, this Chinese buffet place, like, all the time, and he loved it because they had, like, oh, you can eat crab and shrimp and, um, and who's fasting and steak and ribs, and <laughs> that's me. And, um, and so, 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 so we would go to this place, right? And in, in this, um, in this uh, buffet area, there were different, uh, different sections, like islands. And they had one island where it was just like all the Chinese food and like pizza and fries. It's random. But like it's right here. And then the very next one, there were, it, was, it was like the desserts with the seafood. And, and so like there was that island over there. And then there was like the salad bar one. Right, like where they had the different salads and you can like get your toppings or whatever. And um, guess what island I never went to? Yeah. Yeah. I would go and I'd be like, I just want some of this. Put it on my plate, some chow mein. Clearly someone's fast. Um, chow mein and some like Mongolian beef, you know. And I'd come over here and put some like fried shrimp because everything's better fried. And put it on the plate and I'd walk past that. I'd be like, I don't think so. And I'd walk away from it. And I think as, 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 as playful as this is, some of us in here, we approach the word that way. We're drawn to the things that fills our narrative. But then, like, when it comes to something else, we're like. <clears throat> and so, like, we, we pile up on, on just, like, great ideas of, like, man, Jesus is love. Woo, we love that, everybody. People who ain't even Christian. Oh. Jesus is love, you're love, 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 love. And then we're like, and then it's like, forgive your enemies. And we're like, mm -mm. nah, we're cool off that one. But I'm going to get some more of this stuff. And some of us, some of us, myself included, at times, we approach the word, the text, but also the message behind the text. We approach it with this bu uh, buffet um, uh, approach. Where we just, we're like, man, I will live out this, but I will not live out this. I will think this way, but I won't think this way. I'll talk this way, but I refuse to talk this way. And, and we have this, this, this 
this buffet approach. The other thing with the buffet approach is that I only go to the buffet when I'm hungry. Is that just me? So like I'll pile up my plate. Usually it's two plates, whatever, you know. It's all you can eat. And I bring it there and I'm eating. And there's always that break period because you're super full from the first go round. And so you're just eating. And then you're like, man, I'm super full. And then, um, and then you're done with your food and you're just sitting there. I've never met any person that was full that still went to the buffet line, back to the buffet line. They, they, they didn't go back to the buffet line until like their stomach was empty and they were ready for more. And, and some of us, like within the buffet approach, we're like, okay, I need something. I'm hungry. And we're reading the word. And we're like, Jesus is love. And, and God so loved the world. And he forgave my, and we're like, whoo. And we're eating it. And then life gets better. And I'm full. And I'm good. And I never touch that thing again until I'm hungry again. And I go back to it. And I'm like, okay, Jesus, you, you guys with me? You guys are either quiet. So either it's like, you're like, it's hitting it's good or it's not hitting. I'm going to assume that it's hitting and we're just trying to digest what's happening. And so, so for me, I, sometimes I'm the buffet dude. Like I approach it like that. And so we have the, the no appetite approach. We have the buffet approach. And then we have the dietary approach. Now listen, diets are great. I love people who, who like are on diets, but some people are crazy with diets. Some people are like, I'm just going to eat it. I'm going to chew it, but I'm not going to swallow. I'm going to spit it out. I just want the flavor, not the hips. You know what I'm saying? And so, so, so like, the, like diets, dietary approach is great. The only problem is I'm talking about when all of a sudden your diet becomes legalistic. I'm talking about all of a sudden when, like, when, when, when you read the word and you just become so legalistic and you read the word through rules, 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 rules. But here's the crazy thing. James, in the verse we read at the very beginning, James 1 and verse 25, he says that when you look into the perfect law, he's referring to the word, he's referring to Jesus. When you look into the perfect law, he says, you'll find freedom. Friends, the word is not there for rules. The word is there to consume so that you can experience freedom and experience life. And here, here is the word. Like, and, and so this dietary approach. And then sometimes people who are on diets, what they do really good is they make other people feel bad that are not on the diet. You're going to eat that carb? <laughs> it's, it's bread. You're going to eat bread? And then, and then you're like, no. <laughs> Bread makes you spread, you know, like. (laughs) 
And then so 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 we're like we're like sometimes like man when when I have the dietary approach to the word, I begin to look down at other people. Because I'm trying to elevate myself, make me look all puffed up, look how holy I am. I read the word. Oh, you don't read the Bible? <laughs> oh, you only read one verse in a month? <laughs> Man, but what if we, what if that wasn't the approach either? And so we have these three approaches. We have the no appetite approach, and we can have the band come up. The no appetite approach, we, we have the, um, the buffet approach. We have the, um, the, the dietary approach. But there's a fourth one that, that I want to propose to you, and, and in this fourth one, is my heart that where, where we as a church become. And uh, it's, it's this. I, I'm just, I didn't have a fancy, clever name for this one. So I'm just going to call it the desperate approach. The desperate approach. Have you, have you guys ever watched uh, the, the um, I think his name is Bear, Bear Grills or Grills Bear or crazy guy, you know? Um, and so, so what he does, there's, there's, it never fails. He always finds himself in this space where he has no food. And he's like, I'm hungry, mate. That was a horrible, that was a horrible British accent. British accent. Come on, like, forgive me. But, he, but, he, but he's like, he, he, he's, like he's, he's hungry, and what is he always, always does this. He finds bugs. He finds leaves from branches. And he eats them. This is a good source of protein, mate. And I'm like, I bet it is. <laughs> and he's eating it, and he's consuming it. Why? Because he understands in that moment, food is not a luxury, but it's a necessity. I guarantee you, my boy Bear Grylls would prefer to have a burger, steak, fries, milkshake, uh, what up, chicken tenders. I'm sure he would prefer something else. But he understands that if I am going to survive, if I am going to make it to the finish mark, that it has to go far beyond what I want. It has to go far beyond what I am comfortable with. But I have to get to the place where I am consuming everything. If I'm going to sustain the race that is set before me. Friends, my heart is that we would be a church that has a desperate approach to the Word of God. That we would say, man, whether it's a steak, whether it's bugs, I'm consuming it. Because I understand that it goes far beyond my preference. It goes far beyond what I'm convicted on. But it's about me maintaining the race, my place in the race. We continue with Jeremiah 15 and verse 16. 
And Jeremiah, remember, he said, your words were found. He said, I ate them. And then watch what he says. And your words became a joy and a delight of my heart. Why, why, John, why are you talking about us being desperate for the word? It's because when I find it and I eat it, there's a joy that happens. There's a hope that happens. There's a peace that happens. There, 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 there's a, there's a, a victory that begins to, to swell up in my heart and in my spirit. When, when, when I learn to, to not just find it, but consume it and eat it, there's something that happens to my heart and to my mind. That no matter what's going on around me, my marriage couldn't be on the rocks, I could lose my job, but there's something sustaining me inside. There is something that, is con that I've consumed that is driving me forward that is building a joy and a delight in my heart. And the reason that is, is because it's not just words on a page, but the word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's because when I am desperate for the word, friends, I'm desperate for Jesus. Jesus.